You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Welcome to day number two of the new week. We're happy to be back here, especially today. We're happy to be back, and we're happy to have a member of the team here that's still with us. Thank God. Marty, how you doing? It's good to see you. I'm bearing up under the strain, um, improving in health and vigor on a daily basis. Thank you very much for asking. We're happy to have you back. Hadn't quite been the same around here without you. Uh, so I, I know that uh, I know you've had a rough go over the last um, last few days, or actually last last few weeks, really. Um, would you like to tell the listener, we've got a lot of new listeners. We picked up a lot of new subscribers. Thank you all very much, by the way, uh, since you've been gone. Uh, would you like to clue everybody in as to what happened to you? Okay. I had um, internal bleeding as a result of using non-steroidal anti-inflammatories for, for my arthritis, which put me into hospital for five days, some minor surgeries, and seven units of blood later, I was uh, I was released. Uh, from hospital discharged, I should say, and and now I'm back uh, having rested. I, I didn't quite have the energy to podcast. Yes, so uh, don't worry, dear listeners, nothing to be concerned about. Um, I'm I'm improving in health on a, on a daily basis. Um, I I don't expect any sympathy, but if you are feeling sympathetic, just send money. Thank you. Have you started a GoFundMe? Is that <laughs> is that what you've done? No, I'm fine. I got paid today. It's great. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. No, seriously, I'm glad glad you're back. Glad you're doing well. Uh, it's good to see you. Thanks, man. Uh, br- yeah, it's good to see you guys too. Yeah, hadn't been the same around here without you, man. Because I've literally, how long have I been sitting here, Bruce? I'm like, all right, where's he at? You know, I, yeah, is is he better yet? <laughs> is he? Because I, I really didn't want to bother you, and I haven't. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've been good. I, I've been leaving you alone, letting you recover. Yeah, yeah, you've been very good. Uh, I do appreciate it. I am gonna have to portray. Um, uh, a more overtly healthy persona, which should stop all the people phoning me up and asking me how I am, because I actually don't like spending time on the phone. I've told you this before, haven't I? I've made this confession to you. Yeah. And, you know, people with the best will in the world and, and you know, really good intentions have been phoning me up to see how I am. And uh, um, I just hate being on the phone. I'd rather be doing something else. Uh, or face-to-face. But of course, in this day and age, with everything that's going on, face-to-face meetings seem to be a thing of the past. They are a thing of the past, yeah. And before I get any further, Bruce, how you doing? It's good to see you. Healthy and alive. Um, not not a stab at Marty at all. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, don't rub it in, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> glad to have you back, though. Thanks. It's good to see you. And yet you two both look very, very well, um, which is great. Uh, but it makes me feel slightly worse because I, you know, I'm, I'm I, uh, I, I was actually, I was, I was just saying, I was just sitting here thinking from your last comment, you said that, uh, you hate talking on the phone. You know, I actually, I realized after I, you and I were talking on the phone, was it day before yesterday when, when I'd called you and we were talking about other things, not podcasting. And yeah. I'd actually, when we finished talking, I, I was in the car and I was driving and then like bad connection or something. So I said, I'll just call you back when I got home. And I did. And when I called you, when I got home and we ended up talking 
and I was running around doing my usual. And I looked down after we got done talking and I thought, man, we talked for like 30 minutes. Like that's the longest yeah. phone conversation you and I have ever had in, in over no, 10 years. I beg to differ, but I know what you were doing. You were cooking. I was cooking, I, yes. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was I could hear I could hear you prepare. I think you had an omelette or something because you were I did. something. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I made myself See, an omelette. This, I, yeah, this, this is yeah. how the Russians trained me as a remote viewer. I could see everything you were doing. I knew you were having an omelet and you were cooking and I'd already eaten. And because I'm now on a restricted diet and, and got to watch my blood sugars, I couldn't I couldn't go and have four slices of toast and, and something nice or a bar of chocolate or something. So, yeah, that entire conversation made me hungry. Thanks, mate. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Well, to be fair, until... I had finished cooking. You didn't tell me about the you didn't tell me about the other part where you weren't allowed to eat that stuff anymore. So I didn't know. Had I known that at the beginning of the conversation, I wouldn't I wouldn't have carried on. Yeah. Well, uh, we've all seen those those um, attention seekers on Facebook that will put something out there or just a photograph from from an emergency room ward. Uh, and then wait for everyone to dive onto Facebook and ask them how they were. I quite deliberately didn't put anything out there um, about being ill. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's something that uh, friends and family knew about, but now I've I've put it out there to the world. But I'm I really am getting better. So, yeah, let's move on and talk about some nasty politics or something. Well, let's not get into it too fast. Uh, but w since we were talking about food, I, I suppose we can lead with this. There is a UK man who has been arrested. Listen to this. Like, listen to his crime, Marty. You, uh, his crime is it's so it's so horrible. It's so heinous. It's so egregious that he should be put on trial out there in front of the entire nation on Sky TV and the BBC for everyone to see this man's crime. He was handing out free soup in a park and police showed up and arrested him for violating COVID restrictions. Well, obviously, um, free soup is is a good thing isn't it if, if you've got people it that is. are cold in a park it is he, he's been there he's been there every week to hand out free soup to anyone that comes by and, and to veterans anybody that's um, hungry well if if he go if he goes to trial which you probably won't let's face it um is there any way we can get donald's lawyer to represent him because um did you see that guy i, I think did, it was yeah. CB, cbs uh news uh, he tore them a new one. The journalist, who just happened to be female and quite young, was trying to ask all kinds of of weaselly um, leading questions, and he just didn't have take any of it. What a fantastic guy he is! I thought that was one of the best clips I've seen on on any of these Facebook feeds, on Twitter feeds, or you know the the various websites. He just told her how it is and pointed out the error of her ways so if if soup delivery man does go to trial can we try to do a crowdfund to get that guy to represent him uh, you know something i i think that this is like i i mean we were joking kind of about the uh the snowball fighting uh before you uh before you'd you'd gone off on your um uh, your little whim there uh, and about leftists. We were kind of joking about the uh, the police showing up and arresting people and finding people for having snowball fights. But this, this, 
I mean, this, this happened down in Sussex. Sussex police uh, said people were providing a takeaway service. Uh, people providing a takeaway service are required to complete a, quote, risk assessment and adhere to government guidance, including social social distancing and hygiene measures. The man's out there handing out free soup to people that are hungry. So the man said this as he was being arrested. He says, if not now, when? People are going hungry. People are going crazy. If not now, when? So he was he was out there supporting his own community. I mean, in, in a sense, you can call him a humanitarian because that's what he did. He get, he dedicated his own time, his own money to go out there and, and have a uh, have a soup kitchen out there. in well, essentially out there in the uh, in, in the park and the police show up and arrest the man. The issue is there are all sorts of regulations, even without the covid restrictions as to whether or not you're allowed to distribute food. Even if it's free, all the the food hygiene regulations. Now, if if he was meeting those, and if he was muzzled up and wearing a mask, and you know could give the the soup out at a proper social distance, then there there should have been no problem. So chances are that the police would have seen him do something that contravenes those restrictions. And um, uh, you know, as much as I disagree with them. They will act upon them, and and that's what everyone's got to be aware of. So you know, you, you take your chance. I'm afraid. I applaud him, but you do take your chance. Basically, you're saying it wasn't a government sanctioned uh, endeavor. So yeah, the government wasn't running the soup line. So yeah. he's got to be taken well, down. Yeah, if the government had have been running the soup line, going by their recent exploits with the free school lunches for children, because the children have been at home. All those that would normally be entitled to a free school lunch have had food parcels delivered to their houses. And these were supposed to be £30 worth of food. But on closer inspection, they were a whole lot less than that. And, you know, our government at the moment has done so many things to disgrace itself. What we need is, is a new section of the Houses of Parliament called the Naughty Step, where we can send them. I'd, I'd like them just go and stand on the naughty step for a month, I think. It's that serious, the level of disgrace our government has gone to recently. The naughty step. Yeah, I, I like that. The I naughty mean, step. we used to have a system like that here in the US. It was called tar and feather. but yeah. Which we yeah. got from the English, I might add. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we've got all kinds of cruel and unusual punishments. Um, one of the <laughs> yes. worst. Hence why we have no cruel and unusual punishment in our Bill of Rights. <laughs> Yes, the Royal Navy has or used to have an amazing list of punishments, everything from keel hauling, the worst of which mm. was stem to stem to stern. That was a death Bruce, sentence. That, Bruce, that's mm. your favorite. Yeah, that, that's your favorite. I, I've actually, hauling, yeah, yeah I've, used, I've used that a few times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, port to starboard keel haul um, usually just meant, you know, you could survive it, but stem to stern was the worst one. But there was another punishment called flogging round the fleet and whoever committed the crime and was duly charged if they were sentenced to flogging round the fleet you better hope that something like 20 lashes would be done next to each ship alongside in, in the harbor or if they were at sea it meant the guy was rowed round in between the different ships and 20 lashes at each one so again Cruel and unusual punishments, you don't have to look much further than the Royal Navy for those.
That's an interesting piece of history you brought up there. Let's hope that we're not going to uh, be keel hauled around the dock, right? Let, let's hope that that's not going to happen, right? Let's hope that we're actually past that. There's not all bad news in all this, right? Now, the guy that was selling soup, excuse me, the guy that was giving away soup, that's a terrible example of, um, uh, of, of what actually shouldn't happen. And I don't mean by the man that was serving the soup. I mean by the police that actually showed up to enforce that. That's disgraceful. In my humble opinion, that's disgraceful. Rather not that happens in the UK, rather that happens in France, rather it happens in, in Germany, in the United States, in Canada, any place. I don't care. That's disgraceful. Also, what happened in the UK at a house in London, which we talked about uh, while you were on your uh, your hiatus there, a neighbor had snitched on someone having a, get ready for it, a baby shower, a baby shower. She ratted out the entire family next door to her that they were having an illegal baby shower. So the police broke the door down, went in and fined everyone because they were having an illegal gathering to have a baby shower. The humanity of it all, the humanity of it all. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. But as I said, there's good news that comes out of it. There's good news that, come out, that comes out of it. They're calling it a COVID miracle. And they're talking about the UK flu cases. They're at a 130 year low. Imagine that. The, the seasonal flu hasn't even bothered to show up in the UK this year, just like in Germany, just like in France, just like in the Netherlands, just like in Italy, just like in the US, just like in Canada and Australia. There's no flu. We've somehow just magically eradicated the flu. It's not showed up. The, the number of flu deaths in Germany, I don't think really has moved. It's somewhere around 400. I don't even think it's broken 500 yet this year. I could be wrong, but experts are crediting the lockdowns and new health habits after the UK flu numbers dropped 95% in what is a 130-year low. Out of 3.9 million patients at 385 general practices across England last week, only 35 had the flu. 35 people out of almost 4 million people. That's a thing of miracles, isn't it? That's a wonder of science. I can actually believe this. As I say, I was in hospital recently, and I, I took the opportunity talk to the staff and very carefully broach the subject. And I asked them, what's happened to flu this year? Where's all your flu patients? And nurses answered me with, we don't seem to have any. And it could be, it could be that simple that lockdown has prevented flu from taking hold. And the people that have caught COVID might have otherwise caught the seasonal flu, but that can be just as deadly. In fact, usually more deadly than COVID. Um, so I, I can I can believe that the way they've made us change our living habits may well have, have curtailed the seasonal flu for this year, but next year or the year after or whenever they finally allow us to get back to normal, and those restrictions are no longer in place, the immunity that people build up to cold and flu viruses will have been diminished. You know, unless they're going to find a vaccine for the cold and unless they absolutely get the four or five strains of flu that they include in the vaccine every year for the flu vaccine, I think we're going to have even bigger problems in the future. You know, I think that... Uh... I think that you, you, a couple of things you said there, you said whenever they allow us to get back to normal, the answer is never. 
The answer is never. As, as much as I hate to say that, the answer is never. Because they illegally took normal from us, and we're going to have to legally and lawfully take it back from them. You Rather you base that on legally and lawfully in a court of law, or legally and lawfully by the unalienable rights granted to us by our creator, however you want to put it. Either way, those are going to have to be taken back. They're not going to give them back because as a matter of fact, they took away something they're not allowed to take away in the first place. So there's no giving back uh, from their standpoint. If, As a matter of fact, if they had it their way, they would never give it back uh, and it would never it would never go back to the way it was. And they're in the process now of making sure of that. To your point there about you saying that the uh, immune systems of people are going to be diminished drastically. Well, that's the idea. The idea is, is that you diminish people's immune systems. And so when they do come back out and then everything starts ramping back up and there are spikes everywhere, they've already set the precedent from everything they've done over the last 12 months to say, oh, look, see, you didn't do everything that needed to be done. So now we got to lock back down. So it's a way for them to continue to do this cat and mouse game, this catch and release and catch and release kind of thing. Uh, and it's it's meant to just go back and forth. And you're right. Until they come up with a... Um, uh, a vaccine to eradicate the cold, which is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. One thing that happened while you were away was the company uh, Merck, Merck Pharmaceuticals, you're familiar with them. They came out and they made a public statement. Now, mind you, here's a company that is internationally known and they're in the vaccine game and they decided that they were going to develop two vaccines. And they came out last week, and I've got something here on it. We covered it last week, or a week before last, whatever it was. And they've said publicly, uh, there's no point in us doing this. Now, they weren't doing the mRNA approach. They were going the traditional vaccine development route, as in they're developing the vaccine based on traditional methods, kind of like what they do with the flu. They culture the samples, and then they they create this, or excuse me, they, they get the samples, they uh, create the cultures, and then they uh, develop the, the vaccine based off of that. So or, or manufacture the vaccine based off of those those cultured samples. And then you take the vaccine, you create an autoimmune response and you build the immunity and then so on and so forth. That's what they wanted to do, you know, which is the traditional method that has been used for decades. And they said, this is a coronavirus. This is a common cold at its base. We're wasting time with this. So they decided, Merck Pharmaceuticals, they said, we're just going to pull out of this completely. So they decided they're not going to be involved in it at all. Now, here's a company that could have made hundreds of billions of dollars in all of this. They could have been given liability protection, just like all the rest of them, so they could never be sued ever. And so they took that stance. When you've got a pharmaceutical giant like that coming out, taking a stance like that and making statements like that, that speaks volumes, in my opinion. On top of that, also that happened, a couple of things that's happened over the past uh, couple of weeks, France has discontinued the AstraZeneca vaccine because even Emmanuel Macron came out and said, this doesn't even work. This doesn't even work. The Indians, the, the country of India, the Indians, they actually banned the use of the Pfizer vaccine in the entire nation. They said this mRNA stuff, it's not even approved. It's not approved. And that's the other thing about all this is that none of these vaccines, none of them are actually approved. They've all been given emergency authorization. None of them have been approved. And so th there's a lot to consider here uh, in all of this. And, and the average person out there is paying attention to the propaganda that's being shoveled in the mainstream media. And you're just being bombarded with this continuous message over and over and over again. Vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. That's your only salvation. That's your only way out of this. That's your only way back to normal. Uh, take this. You're going to get this passport, which we're not going to give you, but then we are. But, oh, I don't know. We might have to have you take boosters uh, three times a year or four times a year or five times a year. We don't know. And then we've got more vaccines coming for all of these different strains. No, 
No, no. The brakes have got to be put on somewhere, somewhere. We're talking about a virus, as we discussed yesterday, we're talking about a virus with a 99.7% survivability rate. That's even higher if you're at a lower age range. So you're going to take four, five vaccines a year for something that you have a 99.7% chance of surviving. And added to what GP said yesterday about the fact that the vaccines themselves are preventing severe symptoms of catching COVID. So if you'd actually develop symptoms, then it's to lessen those symptoms. It's not to prevent you from getting it. It's not to prevent you from spreading it. Those do none of those things. The companies themselves that manufacture them say that publicly. They say it right on their website. They're not hiding it, but it's to prevent you from getting symptoms. You've got over 80% of the people that test positive of the 97% false positives that are, quote, asymptomatic. And you're going to take a vaccine three to four times a year for boosters or, or whatever to, to say that, okay, well, there's an 80% chance you won't show symptoms and you're taking a vaccine to reduce symptoms. None of it plays. I'm glad GP's here because um, he can help me answer this question. And it's a bit of a long um, route to the question. Uh, but I see. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, dude? Um, <laughs> I'm doing great. How, how's life treating you today? Much better than it was about two weeks ago. Anyway, move, moving swiftly on. We know that in Western middle classes, there's a phrase, too posh to push. And the number of C-sections to, you know, the number of natural births is on the decline and the number of C-sections that have to be performed because people haven't got the hips anymore in certain stratas of our various Western classes. And it, yeah, and I think it's all about what people find attractive because if someone doesn't find big hips attractive and they pair bond with someone with slender hips, then eventually we'll start to bring out the ability to have normal birth because you, people haven't got the hips for it. Are you saying right? that we're uh, like like uh, dogs that we can be bred to have to have uh, certain traits? You've only got to look at the British aristocracy. <laughs> to know that that's true. Yes. Do you know, there, there was a village in the Fens in on the Norfolk and Lincolnshire border, and mm -hmm. it was so isolated, and the, the incidences of incest, for want of a better word, meant that the gene that tells your organs when to stop regenerating became recessive. And for the time period, which would probably would have been in the 60s, uh, 17th century, this little village had people who were living way beyond the normal level. But then they built a road across the fens into this village. They started to interbreed and eventually their longevity uh, went back to national standards. But what I'm saying is, have we done something that has meant that our immune systems are no longer as good as they used to be? When I was growing up in my grandparents home the labrador would quite often do the dishes and i'm pretty sure they didn't get washed all of the time afterwards before they went back in the cupboard to be used again so my immune system is it i think is quite strong and i've had all kinds of injections and inoculations for desert storm are we become are, are, as a race mm -hmm. as a human race uh, is our are our immune systems becoming weaker no, it's actually becoming stronger because we're finding more and more people. We're finding more allergic reactions, people having allergies, because that is also an immunoresponse. Yeah. And we're finding an increase across the board, uh, across the globe. 
That's uh, what I was that, hoping you'd say because yes, our immune that, system is actually getting too strong in some cases. Yeah, where it's actually attacking itself, where we have a, an increase in autoimmune disorders, where we have an increase in allergies, children's allergies. I mean, it's it's just it's uh, it's a good and bad thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, anything that's done to an, that goes to an extreme mm-hmm. tends to have negative effects. Yeah. Um, you know, Your immune system so good that it kills you. I'm allergic to one thing, and it's an immunosuppressant, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, it, I didn't know Snickers was an immunosuppressant. I know. I was going to go. I was like, wow. I- <laughs> well, actually, sugar, sugar is an immunosuppressant, is it not? Too much sugar actually knocks your immune system down. Am I right? Uh- I would actually have to do some more research on that one. I've but heard. I, that. I don't believe so. As we need, as we need glucose to survive. Yeah. And without glucose, yeah, which sucrose is one of the simplest sugars to rapidly exchange into. Yes, GP. I, I love it when I get my sucrose level checked at the doctor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Don't you? What about your galactose? Have you ever had your galactose check? I'm I'm checking my glucose. What about maltose? Levels. Is your maltose been good? <laughs> my maltose. <laughs> is that from Maltesers? Um, but yeah, if you ask the average American, they'd say yes. <laughs> I love, I love Maltesers. I, I love those yeah. things. I hate, so, I, I, I hate the like the sweet stuff. But man, those things. I bought a bag one day, and I thought, all right, I'll give these things a try. Oh goodness, I could not put that bag down. I'm terrible because I used to put as many as I could in my mouth and see if I could still crush them. Um, <laughs> you know, because because obviously there, there's some give in there. Um, you can only move your lower mandible, but you know, being able to compress them against your your palate and see if you can still crush them, even though you can't physically get any more in your mouth. Um, yeah, I've 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 revealed too much. No, the point I was trying to make was that if our immune systems are actually becoming stronger, and in some cases too strong, the hype and the fear being used to ensure that the take-up for vaccination in this particular case is as close to 100% as they can get. Stand fast, those that simply can't have it because they are allergic to it. Is that justified? Or could herd immunity um, actually have been the way to go all along by letting enough people who can survive it catch it and develop those immunities themselves? Well, you got to understand our vaccine. Is this really considered a vaccine or... You know, is it something else? Vaccine is supposed to increase your resistance to a given disease. And is AstraZeneca, Pfizer's, Moderna's, these uh, treatments that they're giving people, is this increasing your resistance to these diseases or not? No, it's not. They've said that it, that it won't. It's to stop the exactly. symptoms. So why are we, why are we pushing something that's, uh, if if they had just come out and made sure that everybody understood that that's what it did, I think that would be a different story because you could decide, well, I'm uh, 18 years old and I almost have 0% chance of having severe symptoms. So getting this treatment doesn't make sense. But say I'm 70 years old and this is reducing, but the likelihood of me having severe symptoms is pretty high. Well, then this treatment makes sense. But that's not what they're pushing, and that's not what they're allowing the public to understand. And that's where my frustration comes into play. I believe that we should be given a choice and completely understand what you're getting yourself into and understand the data. That an 18-year-old is not as likely to have severe symptoms as, say, a 70-year-old. And you get to decide whether you want that treatment or not. Yeah, it's going to be, here in the UK, it's probably going to be a 
looking at the current rate at which they are immunising people or vaccinating people, I should say, not immunising. The current rate is before we get to 20-year-olds, it's probably going to be another 18 months. We've you done know, I, wonder, I, I just wonder, just real quick on that, just, uh, just I'm sorry to interrupt you, but just real quick on that, because I, I tuned into Sky News the other day that I was actually able to get, oddly enough, it seems like your guys' news has just disappeared, But and I think I know why, but the thing that I was seeing was they're not showing the number of cases anymore. They're not showing the number of deaths anymore. Now they're showing the number of vaccinations. So it's the inverse of what they've been showing on the mainstream media in the U.S., so they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're I actually, wonder. They're, they are still showing the, the number of deaths. Are um, they? Okay. And it's, it's dropped in the last few days. It's dropped from, it reached an all time high about two weeks ago. It seems to have dropped down to about 600 per day. Well, I'm, I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not, um, I'm not buying that, uh, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, because I, I looked at your death numbers of your Office of National Statistics or whatever you have there for your uh, NHS, your mortality numbers that they put out every year. And I looked at the numbers every year going back from 1990 until 2020, now that we can pull that data from last year. And you guys are right where you should be. You're right where you should be. All the deaths in the UK are exactly on the mark. Now, give or take a few years. If you go back to, I uh, think, two two of the years that stood out to me were 1993 and 1996. And oh, those yeah. two years, you yeah. had higher deaths. Yeah. You, had, you had higher deaths than what you do now. Uh, yeah, um, I've seen I've seen the number to which you refer. And during my time in hospital, I, I did take the opportunity to talk to staff. And they're saying that the flu deaths, sorry, the flu patients just haven't materialized. I'm pretty sure that's because they're in bundled in with the COVID patients because the symptoms and the outcome are so similar. Why, why would they treat it any different? Um, and probably the the, the testing um, means that people are being diagnosed with, with, with COVID when they've actually got the flu. That was when the, the tests were dialed down to such an amplification you know gp explained this very well so yeah i've got no real answer other than i'm pretty sure feeling my gut feeling and it is only an opinion of a, of a, a non-medical professional is that this year's flu and covid have all been wrapped into one as far as they're concerned and that's the way they're dealing with it yeah and it i i just I, again the way they've the way they've fudged these figures in the beginning and all throughout this entire thing, really, uh, there's no way that we can trust these numbers. They can dial these numbers up and and cook the books, whatever you want to call it, whatever analogy you want to use. They can do this however they want. So that's the beauty of this uh, this coronavirus itself is the fact that it's literally something that's everywhere. So it makes everything and everyone a suspect. So they can regulate and control this however they want. Again, they've given people a problem with no solution. So I, I don't buy those numbers. And, and more to the point, I don't buy the numbers of all these people that are supposedly getting vaccinated. I, I don't buy those numbers either. Because here, for example, everyone here is being told in the mainstream media, oh, there's a two, three month wait to get vaccines. But yet when you go past and supposedly they've got hundreds of millions of doses here. But when you go past the hospitals and the private practices here, there's no one there. Like there's no one there. There's people in there ready to to give out 
uh, a vaccine if you want one, but there's no one there. They don't have vaccination centers or anything like that set up over here that I've seen or that I've heard of. You just make an appointment, you go in and, uh, and you get one. But I don't see that as something that people are doing, contrary to what the mainstream media is saying, that, oh, people are rushing and there's, there's so many overloaded. They're, they were saying the same things about the hospitals. The same things about the hospitals were, were oh, the, uh, the hospitals are, are on the verge of collapse. They're being overrun. There's death everywhere. But there weren't any. I mean, we saw what happened to the uh, the woman who went to uh, uh, to the hospital in, uh, in Gloucestershire. It was empty. Everyone was being told, go home. It's a second wave. We've got to save the NHS. You, know, you got to get out there and you got to clap for the NHS. Hospitals were empty. I went past three hospitals and probably a dozen private practices in the last month or two, and they're all empty. They're all ghost towns. I mean, there's staff in there working. Everyone's in there. I mean, they've got the whole area lined up, you know, as far as like the corralling lines where you go in and you've got the arrows all over the place and all that stuff. But there's no one there. Everyone's being told there's there's this big, uh, you know, uh, pandemic that's raging out of control. But yet when you actually go and you see it for yourself, it's not there. This is the greatest deception that I've ever seen and that I've ever even from a standpoint that I've ever studied about in history because of the fact that this time they're literally telling the world, the world, not just isolated pockets, isolated countries, they're literally telling the world, don't believe what your eyes are showing you. Believe what we're telling you. That's my point with all this is they're showing the vaccine numbers on the TVs uh, in the UK. And I'm sure they're probably doing the same thing in the US. I don't know. I haven't paid attention, but I don't buy those numbers. I, I don't buy those numbers any more than I bought the death numbers and the case numbers. I, I don't buy those numbers at all. I think it's uh, I think it's just another way for them to foster this agenda. No pun intended. Well, it it, it is a way to um, foster the agenda, isn't it? Because all of the misrecording and the false positives and all the rest of it that happened right at the start helped them breed that atmosphere of fear. And they won't because you've explained why they won't many times that they always double down and make it a bigger lie and a bigger lie. But if they did come clean and tell the truth, then we could stop having this discussion. We could uh, understand what's going on. But our uh, evidence of our eyes is telling us that something is wrong. But at no point has my government tried to address those questions that us sceptics have. Um, we're not COVID deniers. We're not anti-vax. What we are is sceptical of the narrative we're being fed by mainstream media and government. That's the issue. I mean, here in the UK, they do have donation centres set up. It was until very recently on an invite-only basis. So the most vulnerable, the starting with the over 80s, they're now doing the 70-year-olds. But now you have to actually phone up and book. And of course, mainstream media was reporting the government's successes and saying, we've managed to secure this many million uh, doses of the vaccine. The vaccine hadn't even been produced. They, they did, it didn't exist. What they'd done was uh, agree with the companies that are making them that they would be buying them. That's why there was a sudden shortage. That's why you've got shortages all over Europe. That's why it amused me enormously to hear the EU complaining that it should some of ours get stuffed Brussels, even though I've probably won't be having one myself. I would still rather have that vaccine myself than let anyone in Brussels have it. It's a fair point. All right. Uh, I tell you what, um, we are having some, unfortunately, we're having some technical difficulties uh, with Marty. So uh, he had to go. 
Uh, so we are going to have to uh, kind of continue on here. We'll, we'll just uh, you know round off here at the end. But you have to understand, we're having some very severe weather over on the other side of the Atlantic, and it's causing us some technical difficulties when it comes to connectivity. So, uh, well, and Bruce, I think you're having some of the same problems there, too. I was going to say, yeah, we're, we're having some wonderful weather here right now. It's actually, um, I'm further south, and it's about two degrees right now Fahrenheit. So... That, that's a rare so, thing yeah, during the day. That's a that's a warm sunny day. If you're a penguin from Antarctica, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, earlier it was nice and sunny outside and snowing. <laughs> All right, I tell you what, we'll get Marty back uh, later on this week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have that uh, that all cleared up. We should have that cleared up by uh, by Thursday uh, or Friday, whichever day he's. Gonna, I think he's going to come back on Friday. But um, anyway, I, I'll talk to him tomorrow. Parlor is back. Uh, I was able to get signed up. Well, not signed up. I was able to get signed in. Now, I was able to get all of my followers. They all stayed there, which is good. So they're all there. But my DMs were gone and all of my posts were gone. So everybody's posts got cleared. So all of that stuff got uh, got purged. But everyone was able to keep their followers. Uh, my account is still there. My verified account is still there. Now, some people had some problems if they registered with email. Uh, I personally didn't register with email. I registered with my phone number. And those of us that registered with our phone number and did two-factor authentication, ours was able to go right through. So Parler is back. If you have the app, you're able to log in with your app. But the thing is, is if you don't have the app, then I don't know what you're going to do unless they put out an individual APK on their website. Uh, if you're an Android user, then of course you can uh, you can access it. But um, it's good news that Parler's back, yes? It is good news. As far as... Where to get it, I'm assuming that's exactly as you said. Uh, they're going to have their own individual APK that they'll release here soon. Uh, did, who's the interim uh, CEO? I've seen, that the, seen an article don't, on that earlier. And I, I don't know. know. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get into it. But I, I will say that uh, if it is set to return for existing users only for the time being. So if you're an existing user, if you already have an account, then you should be okay. But you cannot sign up for a new application now. So Bruce, I know that you downloaded uh, the app right before, like 20 minutes before uh, they pulled it. Mm -hmm. So you won't be able to create an account yet. So you have to wait. Uh, and that goes for anybody um, else. It's Mark Meckler. Is Mark the Meckler. Interim okay. CEO. Okay. But yes, uh, it's back. So uh, I guess they can, uh, you know, I, I haven't heard the media crowing yet. So apparently they haven't, they haven't caught on to that information just yet. It is back up. I don't know who they found a home with, but we can bet that it's not Amazon Web Services. Uh, it could be, it could be that they went with Epic, which is uh, the company that Gab operates off of. So it could be that. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's a start, right? It's a start. It's back for the time being. So um, let's. Um, Let's just see. I mean, honestly, I think that's I think they're going to do another end run around here somehow. I think they're going to start clipping URLs and, and things like that. That would be my guess. They have to do something. They have to do something to stop people from being able to communicate with each other. They need everybody isolated and alone and dependent on them. They need the monopolization of perception. And with social media that contradicts the messages that they're putting out, they can't have it. Yeah, the only way they're going to do that, though, is if they're blocking it by Chromium, for example. Chromium is the open source web browser that uh, Google produces. Uh, the first of it was Chrome, and then that they produced Chromium. Now Edge is based on Chromium, and Firefox is also Chromium-based. And so if, they're, if they were to do something there at the Chromium base, and, you know, I don't know if there's a kill switch back there somewhere, or they could block certain IP addresses that way. But as far as blocking IP addresses on the actual web, 
I, I guess if your if your DNS server is going through one of Google's, then yeah, they could filter out that those they you know redirect you to a, a web page that way. But if you're using other third party ones, like for example, um, I know a lot of internet providers here in the U.S. at least have their own DNS servers. Um, so you would have to get all the cable companies on board, you know, all the internet companies on board with it as well. So, well, to be fair, they didn't have that much of a problem when it came to the tech companies rounding on all of the, uh, the little people when it came to banning them, they didn't seem to have too much of a problem banding together then. So wouldn't surprise me with providers. I mean, it'd be a stretch with the providers because if the providers were to do something like that before another net neutrality bill comes in, uh, in, in into effect, then you could have an upstart come up and have a competitor. Um, but if they were to pass a uh, net neutrality bill, you wouldn't be able to do that. So it, it basically creates a, a are monopoly. You saying, are you saying we should have free and fair competition in a in a free market society? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, I'm not a uh, no. We I'm can't have no. We can't have corporate fascism. No, well, no, Bruce, you, you're just not. You're not seeing the light. You're not seeing the way to stakeholder capitalism, which is more fair. Mm -hmm. It's more inclusive. It's more diverse. Yeah, equitable. Yes, equitable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. am, am I sounding convincing enough? Uh, well, no, because I know you're being facetious. No. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I want competition, man. I want a thousand companies in there all competing with each other. That's what I want. That's what I want. I, I don't want three mobile phone providers across the country. That's not what I want. I want 10,000 mobile phone providers. And I don't want three companies owning all the towers that those 10,000 companies have to lease from. No, no. I want people to be able to compete at a business level from a state to state and a nation to nation basis. That's how free market works. Real free market. Not this crony capitalist crap that we're into now that they're calling capitalism. That's not capitalism. I want to see real competition because competition creates innovation and innovation creates growth. And we can innovate our way out of these problems. All these problems that they throw at us, they say, oh, well, we can get out of this by doing this. And then they put a gun to our heads and say, you're going to do this and we're going to take this away from you and we're going to give you this to replace it with. Well, that's not proven to work. That's what you've got investments in that you're pushing that agenda for. Electric cars, prime example. So I want something that's actually innovation. I want the free market to be able to innovate. I want the human mind and the human potential to be unlocked, to create, to build, to prosper. That's what I want. And that's what any logical thinking person would want. But these people, they're trying to stifle all of that. And I want the same thing with social media companies. If we're going to have social media, then let's have competition. Same thing, right? Let's have the free flow of ideas. See, they don't want the free flow of ideas. But those of us that actually welcome the debate, we welcome the competition in the marketplace of ideas. That's what we want. That's what we want. See, these people that are in positions of authority, they don't want an opposing idea. They want their way or no way. It's that simple to them. They think that what they're doing is the way that things need to be done, and it's not. They're so disconnected from reality. But see, when you have the little person, right, just like us, right, we're the little person, right? We're the average Joe. We're nobody, right? We're just Mr. and Mrs. John Q, whatever, public, taxpayer, voter, whatever you want to call it. We're just the average Joe. We're not professionals. We're not radio people. We're just people. That's all we are. We look at what's going on in the world. We put it in context based on our own analysis and historical analysis, and we present it. And I'm confident in the fact, 
And Bruce is confident in the fact, and GP and Marty and everybody else here, we're confident in the fact that we can sit here and we can take on the people that are in these positions of authority based on ideas, because we have winning ideas. We can go back and forth about ideas all day long. And those people, every single time, those people that are in authority and those people that are in positions of power right now, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. They're going to lose every single time. They're losing now. Why do you think they're, they're pushing with COVID so much? They keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing because they're losing. They've got nothing left. That's why they keep doubling down. They're like a degenerate gambler. You've got nothing left. You're, you're in hawk to the bookies. You got the sharks all over you. They're going to double down, right? Because that's what degenerate gamblers do, and that's all they are. They don't have an idea that can win. They don't have any, uh, any plans that are actually going to win, that are actually going to lift up team humanity. To them, it's about the post-human era. That's what these people believe in. So if you don't believe that, <laughs> Bruce and I were going over a book that I just got in today. And that's all that, like the ending part of that book, the last third of that book is all about the post-human era, isn't it? More or less. And that's coming yeah. from an academic. That's coming from, that's coming from three top academic minds from some of the highest universities in the U.S., so that's, that's going to be an interesting book. But um, anyway, what else we got? You want to cover anything? Nothing really pressing. Actually, there is finally, uh, I'm, I'm surprised at this one. Republicans have a bit of a backbone and some of them are standing up demanding more answers on why the security detail and Pelosi, just, uh, you know, the um, security decisions that Pelosi um, issued uh, before the riot happened quote unquote riot, insurrection, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The protests on, on uh, January 6th. Uh, and in relation to the National Guard deployment, why are the guards still there? Why are we hearing rumors that it's still going to be, they're still going to be there uh, until fall? You know, the, these types of things. Why is there still a wall? What, why are they building a wall there when the southern border wall doesn't work? It's not ethical to have that wall. It, it makes no sense. So, I mean, it does. They're protecting themselves, you know, from us, the little people. They're, 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 as you said, they're afraid. But I'm glad to see that some Republicans are at least signaling that they care or, you know, doing the political speak that they care. If we can get some truth out of it, that'd be great. Uh, but I, I don't think anything's going to happen there, honestly. You know, uh, Senator Chris Coons said on Sunday... He was on uh, ABC this week, and he said that the Democrats need to spend months and months unearthing all the evidence that can possibly be gotten to through a 9-11 style commission. You want to know why that wall is up? That right there. That yeah. right there. And I'm not talking about what he's referencing. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about talk like that out of a sitting senator. That's why that wall's up there, to protect someone talking like that about the American people, the just, righteous American people. That right there, I'm, that's a domestic enemy. I'm, I'm telling you, man, McCarthy hearings are coming. They're going to start sitting you down and saying, are you are you a Trump supporter? Have you ever been a Trump supporter? <laughs> and they're going to go out. Yeah, I have. And how do you like that? We're going to take away all your social media. Go ahead. I'm not on it. Well, you're mentally unstable, so we have to confiscate all your guns now. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't live in the U.S. True. And tragically, I lost all mine in a boating accident. So, you know, when you, know. you go on those long canoe trips, Bruce, I've told you, you need to leave all of your guns at home instead of taking all of them with you and all the ammunition. You got to stop taking all that ammunition with you, too. Yeah. So you got to yeah. you got to stop taking your entire stockpile, your entire cash. You got to quit taking all that stuff with you when that, you go That out. might explain why the canoe didn't float well. Uh, yeah, hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, and it 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 capsized right in the <laughs> middle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Congressman Hank Johnson. But yes, he uh, he went on to talk about how uh, we need a nine eleven style commission, and um, uh, it's been a remarkable week. Uh, you know, the acquittal uh, and a powerful week. And I think House managers, obviously, Congresswoman Dean and Congresswoman Raskin, and a very talent and a very talented team, put on an incredibly compelling and powerful case. Really? Where was it? Where was it? The whole thing made you people look like ass clowns. They didn't even bring up any uh, witnesses. They didn't call any witnesses. No. Uh, More than that, more than that, it wasn't even a legit hearing. No. It wasn't even a legit hearing. You didn't even have the chief justice of the Supreme Court presiding over it because according to Senator Lee, he wasn't even asked. Yep. Yep. The, uh... As I said before, they had a um, the quote unquote judge was also part of the jury and was supposed to be one of the witnesses, which they never called forward. And you know, we said it before. This was the fastest impeachment in uh, in our history, even faster than the last impeachment. Right? Trump has the record. <laughs> he held the the first fastest, and then he beat the record again with another fastest impeachment. So yeah. no, this is this is all political nonsense. I, I think if America wins, if America, uh, you know, Americans, you know, if if we win in this, if the Constitution wins, yeah, it, then the history books will show that the Democrats were on the wrong side in all of this during this time. Uh, but we all know they're on the wrong side. Anybody that knows history, even the most basic elements of history. Just take the last hundred years. Okay. Just the last hundred years. You don't have to go back 300, 500, 1,000, 6,000, whatever. You don't have to do any of that. Just look at the last hundred years and you can see who's on the right side of history and who's not. You can see it. It's very easy to make the distinction and it doesn't require a lot of effort. You know, that's one of the biggest things right here is is exactly that right there. It doesn't require a lot of effort. Everyone's looking for the easy way out. If I had a... You ever hear that saying, Bruce, if, if I had a nickel, basically, if you had a if you had a five cent coin for those that are listening outside the US, if you had a five cent coin for every time someone asked you, you know, whatever, then you'd be a millionaire. Well, it's the same thing with this. If I had a nickel for every time someone has said to me, well, just tell me what I need to know. Well, that defeats the purpose. That defeats the purpose. If I tell you what you need to know, then first of all, you're taking my word for it. You're not learning it for yourself. You're not making up your own mind. You're not becoming an individual thinking for yourself. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing, that doesn't make me any better than the person that's on the television. That doesn't set me apart from those people at all, which is what we're trying to set ourselves apart from. The movement from we the people across the West, not just in the US, right? It's bigger than that. Across the West, it's about separating ourselves from this corrupt generation. We cannot fall into the same path. We can't become what we're trying to oppose from an ideological standpoint, from a principle standpoint. We can't do it. From an integrity standpoint, we can't do it. I refuse to do that. Yeah. Everything I'm, everything that we talk about on here, everything we, we, we talk about is essentially commentary, right? It's our opinion. But we're presenting a I mean, we do present facts and, and information, and everything, and encourage you to go look it up yourselves. But we're really, when you boil it down, when you're listening to what someone else says, it's an opinion. It's their opinion. doesn't matter if they're quoting facts or not. It's their opinion. You can't keep your opinion out of it as a human being, right? So we're presenting a, 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 a counter narrative, if you will, to which is based in fact, 
counter to what the media is saying, which just so happens to be that we're we're talking facts and it just happens to be that we're countering what the media says because the media is lying to you. They're not telling the facts. So it's not even really that we're trying to be a counter. It's that we're just trying to talk facts. But we, we still have, obviously, our opinions come out, obviously, in, in this. And, you know, we've said from the start of this thing, please, all, under all circumstances, don't take anything we say for, as the gospel truth. Don't do that. In fact, I encourage you not to. Don't believe a word I say. Don't believe a word Bruce says. Don't believe a word GP says. Go out and do your own research. Think of us as like, as you said, Bruce, commentators, signposts. Think of us as a signpost, something yeah. that you look at and it tells you which direction you need to go. We're pointing you in the right direction. It's up to you, you, the listener. It's up to you to go and find this information for yourself. Verify what we're talking about. And if we're wrong about something, then by all means, call us out. By all means, we're open to criticism, whether you agree with us or not. By all means, call us out. I drop the the contact link every day. If we're wrong about something, send us an email. We're happy to look into it and correct it. But when we talk about the issues we talk about here, when we put together the podcast that we do every single day, I mean, the, the amount of prep behind all this is, I mean, for God's sake, it, it's its insane. It's unlike anything I ever thought it would be. So not only is there that, but we are checking, we're rechecking, and we're checking again on a lot of the things that we're talking on. To give you an idea, uh, when, when Johnny's talking about something or when Marty and Johnny are talking, I'm usually reading, you know, kind of seeing if I can find anything else about what they're talking on or something else we talked about or, you know, and then not to mention all the stuff we're doing off recording before and after uh, going over all the stuff and the other news medias that we listen to and look at. And it's a lot. There's a lot into it. Yeah, there is. All right. Um, We did have some technical issues today. And for that, I do apologize. But uh, they are due to circumstances beyond our control. It was uh, climate change. Yeah, climate change. Man-made, man-made climate change. Man-made, man-made climate, climate change, yeah. Yeah. So because I drove a car today, which was a hybrid, I might add, right? It was a hybrid. Got a new car. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to choose it. It was given. And it's a hybrid. And it's, you know, it, it's not much to look at, but I have to say it, it is quite nice. Um, was it a Prius or something? No, no, it's a... Um, uh, uh, it's something else. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a Suzuki Swayze. It's a real piece of garbage, but, um, mm-hmm. it's it, honestly, it's, um, it's fully loaded and everything. It's got eight miles on it, right? So it's brand new. It's literally brand new. So it, they literally just pulled it off the truck and drove it from the dealership to, uh, to, to the complex and you, you know, picked it up, but it's pretty nice. I, I have to say it's, it's pretty nice. Now I don't like the fact that there's a heated steering wheel, but it's not a heated steering wheel. Now, think about what I just said. It's a heated steering wheel, but it's not a heated steering wheel. It's a heated steering wheel on the sides, but it's not a heated steering wheel on the top or down below. So when I drive, I drive with one hand at the top, especially if you have to shift, right? So mm-hmm. I, I'm not, of course, this is an automatic. So I mean, it's not, yeah, I don't have to shift, but it's got the heated part on the sides of the steering wheel, which is where you're supposed to hold it. But who in the hell does that, really? <laughs> like, who does that? Anyway. All right. Um, yeah, we did have some technical if, uh, technical difficulties today, but uh, we do apologize for that. But we'll do the best we can with it uh, in post, see if it cleans up. But anyway, we are going to have to go. Uh, but I want to uh, thank you, Bruce, for sitting down today. GP, GP had to dip out. He had a uh, call. He had to leave. Uh, Marty, again, had some technical difficulties, but we were happy to have both of them on. Very rare that the four of us actually get on in one setting. Very rare. It is. Yeah. We advertise all four of us in the intro, but I mean, we're all four here, but just on different times. I would 
encourage people. I know Parler's back up, but we're putting out content on a regular basis over on Telegram. Our Telegram channel has grown and we do have a lot of new subscribers over there. Thank you all very much. That means a lot to us. Thank you. Uh, we hope you enjoy the content that you're hearing. We are putting out our podcast every day on to our Telegram channel and also an exclusive podcast one time per week with no sensors and no TOS and all that stuff. So, I mean, we uh, we get around a lot of that stuff uh, and we can really open up the conversation to some different kind of dialogue uh, than we would normally have on some of these others. But uh, if you would like that content, if you would like to get that extra content, and if you would like to stick with us during the times that are ahead, which is more than likely going to be podcasting censorship, uh, they've done it to everything else. Why not that? If you're not on Telegram, we encourage you to go over there and get on Telegram, get signed up. Uh, and then get subscribed to us over there. You can search for Dynamic Independence where a public channel will pop right up. Click join. You'll be subscribed to us. You'll get all of our content every day. You'll be alerted to it. So yes, get subscribed to us over there. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, again, as I said earlier, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you can give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. So that'll do it for today. I want to thank all of you guys for being here today. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.